has happened, y'all. Brace yourselves for war. The white girls have sued Ticketmaster. 26 plaintiffs, which is known as a Nick Cannon dozen, have accused Ticketmaster of fraud, price fixing, and antitrust violations. And those swifty white girls and their lawyer parents, tell me I'm wrong, are about to watch Ticketmaster combust into a big green ball of flames like a bottomless brunch attending group of Cersei Lannisters. So if you suddenly see a lack of pictures of hot girl chai tea lattes on your Instagram feed, do not be alarmed. They will be back once Ticketmaster is burned into the fucking pavement or when Lana Del Rey's new album comes out next year, whichever happens first. Welcome to the Atomic Skull podcast Christmas special. Can I get away with calling this a Christmas special? I guess we're going to find out. My name is Matt, and I am here this week to bitch a little bit about Christmas. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to the holidays in general, there is a lot to bitch about. I think most of us spend a good amount of time bitching about the holidays, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. A little outright bitching now and again is truly part of the backbone of our society. What about the people who were always like chock full of Christmas spirit? The, like so much that you want to fucking drop kick it right out of them. Those people that act like Santa barfed all over them with happiness, those are the ones you want to watch out for. Those are the future family annihilators. They seem all full of joy and Noel and shit until you hear a news story of how they killed their entire family of seven by shoving a stocking down each of their throats and wreaths up their asses. The truth is that Christmas is always too busy and too expensive. I have worked 18 Black Fridays in retail electronic stores, and I can testify to both of those, Your Honor. The number one question I have been asked over the years about Christmas shoppers is, have I ever had to break up fights? You know those crazy videos you've seen of people throwing down over a set of the world's ugliest hand towels or grabbing Tickle Me Elmo's and beating each other with them or some shit? You are goddamn right I have a couple of stories about breaking up fights on Black Friday. And for these stories that I'm going to tell you, I don't mean that there was like a disagreement and a little bit of yelling and then everyone went their separate ways. These are full-on World Star certified, someone caught some hands throwdowns, which is truly the personification of the real Christmas spirit. Am I right? If you don't get those exact gifts that you have in your head that are the only thing that will make Christmas morning perfect like you want it to be, you won't be able to brag to all your friends about what a great gift giver you are and your kids aren't going to love you, right? Christmas time is fucking stressful, but like most stress, we put it on ourselves. Don't get me wrong. I think I've mentioned this before. Most people shopping during a good amount of the holiday season are in a fine mood. Thanksgiving weekend, everyone is usually just fine. The assholes are the ones who are coming in the last two or three days before Christmas expecting to find everything that they, sh they should have been shopping for a month ago. Usually, it's men. Sorry, fellas. If you're listening to this, boys, I hope your Christmas shopping is already done, or at least close to it. Don't be a statistic. Now, I'm coming hard on all the men right now. Wait. 
You know what? I said what I said. I'm coming hard for all the men right now because the only two actual fist fights that I had to break up during the Christmas seasons over the years were both started by women. So fellas, kick back and have that big asshole shit-eating grin for just a couple of minutes while I tell these stories. Nobody is getting out of this Christmas special alive. I'm here to piss off everybody. All right, story number one. We are going to take the ghost of Christmas Past Express to... 2006, 2007. I was working at the music store, which didn't just sell music. It also had video games and books and shit. The Nintendo Wii had just come out, and that was the item. That was the hot thing for the year, right? That's the thing you had to have to earn your child's undying love and affection. The Black Friday ad for the store had in big, bold letters, we will have Nintendo Wii's in stock. And we had a bunch of cattle coming in the week leading up to Black Friday to ask about it. I remember getting both bribed and threatened the same day for Nintendo Wii's that year. It was like being on a date with Chris Brown. Okay, we were supposed to get 110 consoles due to what I'm guessing is some kind of typo and shipping error, instead of getting 110 consoles for Black Friday, we got 11. We had a line of at least 50 people who waited hours in the cold because they saw the ad. I think we opened at 8 a.m. that morning. We had people lining up starting at 2. By 7.30, the line was wrapped around the building. I suggested to my GM at the time, who to this day is one of the shittiest pieces of shit I have ever fucking worked for. I hope he is the assistant manager of a night shift at a fucking bowling alley in one of the square states. I literally fervently as my Christmas wish this year. I hope that he's getting called over the loudspeaker to pull up some bumpers on lanes three to seven and he has to break off from cleaning up some 50 year old barflies vomit that looks vaguely like old nachos but smells like old cheese fries and he just decides he's had enough and when he clocks out for a shift he goes home and drops a toaster in his bath water and ruins his family's Christmas. If that sounds a little bit harsh for you, hold off on judgment for just a minute and let me tell you what this fucking ball sack did. I suggested to him that maybe we let the customers waiting outside in the cold know that we only have 11 consoles and guarantee those consoles to the first 11 people in line so we don't piss off the other hundreds of people who have been waiting. He says to me, I'll never forget it. He says, no, we want all these people to come into the store. Not everyone can expect to get one of the consoles. I doubt they'll be that angry. And since they're here, they'll shop around and buy other things. There is no fucking way I can express to you guys how wrong this turd sandwich was. The doors open. Everybody comes directly to customer service looking for a Wii console. It is fucking chaos. There is no line. There is no order. Everyone is barking at the fucking employees in front of them all at once. My GM is frozen a deer in headlights. How many times in your life have you actually seen a person have a deer in headlights moment? Not many. This was one of them. I'm not sure if he didn't know how to handle the crowd 
or if he was legitimately trying to process the concept of how much he fucked up. Somewhere in this crowd of people, dozens of people, two women get into it. They start calling each other names, dropping C-bombs. Eventually, one of them reaches over and grabs the other one's hair, and they start going at it in the crowd. Now, anyone who's ever been at a good metal show knows when a fight or a mosh pit breaks out, the crowd mentality is to kind of form a circle around the area and give the people involved a little bit of space. That's exactly what happened here. They start fighting, and the crowd, if you can picture it, they stayed a crowd, but they gave them space to fight, and eventually they're on the floor pawing at each other. Nobody can really get to them. No employees even really wanted to get to them. Everyone just sort of fucking was watching this go on, and eventually whoever else was in the crowd kind of broke it up after, you know, I want to say a couple of minutes, and both women got kicked out. After the initial crowd died down a little bit, I went over to clean the area where they were fighting. They had knocked over a decent amount of shit around them like product, and I had picked up a couple of broken compacts and chunks of hair, plural. As a postscript to this story, that dick stain of a GM got fired three months later for getting caught red-handed by the district manager clocking in for a shift and then leaving to go eat breakfast and take his dog for a walk like he always fucking did. When the GM came back from that, the district manager was waiting right at the front of the store and asked the GM where he had been because he could see that the GM had been clocked in for three hours. GM wasn't even in uniform. He looked like he was on his way to the fucking beach. He had shorts and sandals on. The district manager didn't even bring him into the office to fire him. He literally fired the dude in the parking lot in front of the store. It was fucking glorious. The second story is my single favorite Black Friday story to tell. It was probably six years after the the last one. I was working at Best Buy. In the ad, there was like a 50-inch TV for $200. It was a super wicked fucking good deal, except for the fact that Black Friday doorbuster TVs are always dog shit. They're old models with trash specs, and they're never worth the price. If you're in the market for a TV and you want to get it in a good deal, I'm going to give you guys a genuine tip free of charge on when you can get the best deals for TVs. You'll make a little bit of bread listening to this episode, you guys. The best deal on a TV is between the end of March and the middle of May. It's just like with cars, but a different time of year. Stores are trying to get rid of last year's TV models to make room for the new ones. And they will put the current model with the killer specs on a super good sale so they can move it. All right, so the Doorbuster TV on sale is $200. There was this super sweet Hispanic family of six who were camped out in front of the store for like two days. Tents, sleeping bags, chairs, the whole schmear. And there is a reason that I am telling you the nationality of the family, by the way, because it is definitely going to come into play later in the story. 
Quick shout out uh, while I'm thinking about it to all of us out there who deal with the old racist aunts and uncles around the holidays that include the nationality or the race of someone when they describe them in a story for absolutely no fucking reason. Whenever anybody does that shit, I want to lose it. All right. So this family had been camping out for like a few days, right? They were super nice to all of us when we were opening and closing, coming in and out of the store. They made conversation. They offered all of us tamales, which was super sweet. They were sweethearts. That year was one of the first years that we implemented vouchers for doorbuster items. 20 minutes before we opened, we worked the line, right? We were asking people who were waiting what they wanted, and then we gave them a voucher for it. If we had 50 of those TVs, we had 50 vouchers and 50 vouchers only. That way, there's no rush at the door, so we don't sell too many. We can let customers further back in line know that we were already out of you know whatever it was that they may have wanted because we had no more vouchers. A great idea. Every store uses it now for Black Friday. Nice and clean, solves lots of problems. So 20 minutes before we open, you can imagine there are like hundreds of people there already. It was a big fucking scene. Best Buy always hires off-duty cops on Black Friday just to have a presence there, right? Like like I said, everybody's usually okay. The idea is seeing a uniform there keeps everyone on good behavior, right? So a couple police officers near the front of the line there just kind of, you know, watching over everything, talking to people, you know, schmoozing, that kind of thing. I happen to be the one who goes out to disperse the vouchers for the doorbuster TV. One TV voucher per person, right? That sweetheart family of six who waited days in line got first crack at whatever they wanted. Each one of them wanted a voucher for that TV. So that family now has six of the doorbuster TV vouchers. Once I tell the rest of the line that the vouchers are gone, that family immediately leaves the front and starts walking through the line and they offer to sell the TV vouchers that they have for 50 bucks. Actually a genius move, aside from the fact that they spent several days there and they were only making like $50 each, but also what the fuck do I know from nothing, right? I don't know what, I don't know what the plan is. So they start selling their vouchers. Meanwhile, there is this Karen complete with her Karen ass haircut before Karen was even a thing who had been walking around the front of the line trying to figure out a way that she can circumvent the whole thing to get one of those TVs. She's literally was asking to talk to a manager before the store even opened. I'm not shitting you. She comes up to me when she sees that family selling the vouchers and tells me, and I quote, that lazy Mexican family at the front of the line are selling vouchers and that isn't fair, end quote. I tell her that they were at the front of the line and had been waiting for two days and whatever they want to do with their vouchers is not our business. She goes to the police officers who were just a few feet away and tries to get them to arrest the family for scalping. Not only is that some bullshit, but every single time she talks about the family, she brings up the fact that they are Mexican. The cops are fucking laughing at her. They tell her that they're not reselling anything and they're not breaking any laws. They think what the family is doing is pretty fucking clever. 
pre-Karen starts yelling at everybody in line to, quote, not buy the vouchers from that lazy Mexican family, end quote. I can't fucking believe people say this. She mentions something about the family not having jobs and being illegal. She is letting it fly like she is Mussolini on a fucking balcony. Unfortunately for her, this particular store that we were at was in an area of town with a large Hispanic population and a bunch of them get out of line to go confront her. These two younger Hispanic girls. I mean like, these girls were from around the way. Okay, you wouldn't, I would not want to fuck with these girls. They didn't even say anything. They both walk up to this bitch and they just start jumping her right there. And she goes down immediately on the floor. She did not pass go. She did not collect $200. The first punch put her off her feet. The police officers who were there, God bless them took their sweet ass time breaking the fight up. They let those girls get a few good shots in before they even walked over there. They did break the fight up, right? They broke the fight up. They told the girls and everyone else who got out of line to confront pre-Karen to get back in line and they kicked pre-Karen off the premises. Everybody in line cheered. The whole thing took place in like less than five minutes. The family of six ended up selling all but one of their vouchers and essentially got a free fucking TV with a little bit of money to spare. Life very rarely works out that beautifully, but when it does, it gives me fucking hope. <laughs> Is anyone else like me in the way that some years you feel the Christmas spirit a little harder than others? Sometimes I feel like I got a holly jolly enema the whole month of December. And then other times, I just want to light Mariah Carey on fire. What sucks is I feel like I barely have any control of it in my brain. And there isn't much of a way for me to steer it one way or another. But one of the ways that I can sort of direct it and pinpoint it is by watching a Christmas movie. I like Christmas movies. You wouldn't think it by seeing me, but I enjoy them a lot. And I wanted to go over a few mainstays because I watch a lot of them every year. And I've realized that some of them haven't aged very well. First off, I feel like I have to acknowledge the reindeer in the room. And we're going to talk about Die Hard. Now, I'm only going to fucking do this once because I can't believe the fervent arguments that the internets have every single year about this shit. The whole idea that we can't agree whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie and the idea that it matters so fucking much to people is why we are officially done making any forward movement as a society. This is how easy we figure the situation out, okay? First, we set the parameters of what defines a Christmas movie. It is a movie where the entire plot would not take place if Christmas didn't exist. It doesn't have to have Santa in it, or an elf, or a reindeer, or any of that shit. I will use one of my favorite Christmas movies as an example. Scrooged, 1988, Bill Murray at his best. It is a modern retelling 
of a Christmas Carol. Business partner, three ghosts, God bless us everyone, right? The entire plot of the story centers around the fact that it is Christmas. If Christmas did not exist, neither would the story. Boom, easy enough, that is it. On the other end of the spectrum, is every single movie that Shane Black has directed, or even most of the ones he's written. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys, Lethal Weapon 2, Iron Man 3, all movies Shane Black have written have elements of Christmas in them. But if you took Christmas out of the movie, the movie would still exist. Batman Returns, same thing. It takes place during Christmas time, but the fact that it takes place during Christmas is inconsequential. Die Hard happens because of a Christmas party. If the Christmas party didn't exist, the movie would not exist. That makes Die Hard a Christmas movie. It isn't your classic Miracle on 34th Street type of Christmas movie, but it is a goddamn Christmas movie nonetheless. There, it's done. Let's fucking move on. Nightmare Before Christmas is both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie, which is objectively pretty fucking neat. I've also realized that a lot of Christmas movies can be solved in one sentence with modern day technology. Okay? Jingle All the Way, a solid modern Christmas classic. I want to say 96, 97. It's about a dad who looks an awful lot like the Terminator, if you know what I'm talking about, trying to score his son a Turbo Man action figure. One word 2022 solution, Amazon. He wouldn't have even had to put on pants. He could have had it delivered to his door. Most boring fucking Christmas movie ever. Home Alone, one of my all-time favorite movies. Not just Christmas, my all-time favorite movies, period. I know every single word to that motherfucker. Home Alone is one I watch every year. I literally watched it like a week ago. The two-word solution for the entire movie. Text him. A flight to France in 2022 would have Wi-Fi. They could solve the whole issue while they were on the fucking plane. A house that massive would have had some type of home alarm system. They could monitor that from wherever they were on their phone. No wet bandits, no Kevin booby trapping the house, but also on the other hand, no John Candy as Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest, and his great band, the Kenosha Kickers. Am I right? So I'm going to give that one a pass. Home Alone is definitely one of those that makes the list for me all the time, every time. The Santa Claus is another one that is mandatory for me every single year. Tim Allen at his best. The movie is timeless. There's no real way that technology would change that movie. And I dare any of you cold-hearted motherfuckers to look me in the eye and tell me you don't get a little choked up every time Judge Reinhold opens up that weenie whistle. Same thing with How the Grinch Stole Christmas and The Polar Express. They are solid, wholesome, damn good Christmas movies. Of course, if we want to dig back a little bit deeper, there's my favorite Christmas movie about suicide, It's a Wonderful Life. When I was growing up, you couldn't fucking escape that flick. It was on every single channel in December at least once. I swear to God it was even on ESPN. It is a beautiful, timeless movie with an amazing message. You cannot touch it. But also, I don't need to fucking watch it again. Ever. 
For me, my favorite Christmas anything to watch, and those of you who have known me for a long time, you already know that there is no goddamn way I would let any conversation about Christmas movies go by without bringing this motherfucker up, is A Charlie Brown Christmas. Does it make me happy? Absolutely not. It depresses the living shit out of me. I ugly cry like Snooky at her fucking sloppiest every single time I watch it. And do I watch it multiple times in a row? You bet your fucking ass I do. It makes me sad, lonely, hopeless, and bitter towards everything. The embodiment of the true Christmas spirit. Why do I do this every year? Because I fucking hate myself. Suck my ass. I am aware that I am the worst. Why do you think I hate myself? This is what I do to cope with existing as the person that I am. Leave me alone. Let me turn the lights off and watch this depressing shit, cry, and eat a bunch of cheese until I get sick. Get ready to hate me just as much for a couple of things that I am about to tell you. And I'm actually kind of nervous because I get a lot of flack for both of these things. First, I have never seen a Christmas story. And you know what? You know what, you guys? I don't think I ever will. I know there's a leg lamp. I know there's a red wagon and someone gets shot with a BB gun. Did I fucking miss anything? Also, I don't like Elf. There, it's out there. And I can't take it back. I don't like it. I should like it. Everything about it tells me that I should like it. It is directed by Jon Favreau. It's got Will Ferrell in top form. Didn't do it for me. Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com. Let the bile flow right into my fucking inbox, you guys. That does, however, bring me to my gold star question of the week. Fuck the Christmas movies you like. I don't give a shit. I'm not interested in the Christmas movies you like. I want you guys to reach out to me in your favorite way, and I want you to tell me the Christmas classic that you don't fucking like. I want to know the one that you're sick of, the one that you could live without, the one that you used to like but you'll never watch again, the one that you've never liked from day fucking one and you're tired of everyone else fucking talking about it. Reach out to me and be that bad banana with a greasy black peel, you group of fucking Grinches. A quick Marvel Ho alert before I move on. The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special on Disney Plus is an instant fucking classic. If you haven't seen it, you guys recommend, recommend, recommend. The highlight, like all other Guardians movies, was the music. James Gunn has oh such good fucking taste in that department and he always puts the soundtrack front and center in Guardians movies. He gets instant cred from me for putting Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues in there. But the real stars of the movie were the old 97s, who were the, the band who did all of the original Christmas songs in the movie. The one at the beginning and then the one um, towards the end with Kevin Bacon. Both of the songs were originals and they are great. If you haven't seen it yet, it will get you horny for Christmas. Another question for you guys. Are any of you like me in that you can't seem to find enough time to fucking sleep. Like they're just now you want to sleep, but you can't fucking sleep because there is no time. And then when you finally get to lay down, you actually just can't get to fucking sleep. Well, you're in luck because the Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie have announced a co-headlining tour 
and that would be the perfect place to get that nap in that you've been promising yourself for the last six months. I think they're going to call it the NyQuil Tour. <laughs> I don't mean to talk shit. I, I like both of those bands, actually, but there will be no mosh pits at these shows. Every single person there will sport a beard and flannel. I don't care if you are a man, a woman, or otherwise beard and flannel. It is going to be three hours of sonic warm milk. I think for an extra $45 a ticket, you can rent a cot, but you'll have to bring your own pillow. <laughs> I'm not hating too hard out here, you guys. I really do like Death Cab for Cutie a lot in particular. Uh, I think they're going to be playing uh, Translanticism in its entirety on this tour. I'm not really sure I fell asleep while reading the article. I'm not scared to get into a fight with a fan of either of those two bands. I'll just continually eat steaks in front of them until they start crying. Let's do... <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Let's do a quick little best and worst of the week since I'm here and I have the microphone and shit. For the best of the week, it is nice to finally be able to say that Brittany Griner is out of Russian prison and is going to be home with her family for the holidays. That's pretty fucking amazing. I didn't see that coming. That whole country is fucking terrifying. And I was following that story and I felt so terrible for her, especially, you know, her saying that it was an accident. If that is the case, I don't fucking know. I would say it was an accident whether it was or not. But if it was an accident, I would feel even more like a dickhead. But I hope that right now she is higher than a fucking rainbow's tits. I hope that she was greeted as soon as she got off the plane by fucking Snoop Dogg himself and got handed a blunt that was rolled in gold paper by Seth Rogen and moistened shut with Rihanna's pussy. Ooh, speaking of, you guys... Thank you for sending me some of your birthday blunt rotations. I didn't think that anyone would get close to the one that I called out last week, but I actually have two that might beat the house. The first birthday blunt rotation that ain't fucking bad. Are you ready? We have Bob Ross. I mean, what is there to even say? Fucking iconic, right? Peacetime personified. The man is a walking, talking edible. He is up there with Buddha as the mellowest motherfucker to ever inhabit this rock. Winona Ryder. She's a little crazy and a little weird. And that is my favorite kind of fucking people. Next to Winona Ryder and Bob Ross, we have Gabrielle Union. She is going to have the whole group during Bring It On Cheers. And I am 420% good with that. Rounding out the last two, we have now forgive me because i have been fucking this guy's name up for the last 30 years dan castellaneta you might not think you know who he is but you most certainly motherfucking do dan cast castell cap mr dan does the voices of homer simpson grandpa simpson Barney Stinson, Krusty the Clown, Mayor Quimby, and Groundskeeper Willie on The Simpsons. There would be no fucking show without him. Fun fact, by the way, my beautiful wife and my favorite ho-ho-ho, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, has never once seen an episode of The Simpsons. Not fucking one. Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com if you know any good divorce lawyers. And then, rounding out that group of awesome... And this is one hell of a left turn, but I would be remiss if I didn't include it, is 
Yosef Goebbels. There's always that one motherfucker that ruins the party, am I right? And if you don't know who Goebbels is, he definitely has not done any voices on The Simpsons, and I'm pretty much just going to leave it at that. The second amazing birthday blunt rotation that I got sent to me starts with Barack Obama. Again, whether you were a fan of the man as president or not, this, by the way, is not a point for you to send me your opinion on previous presidents. I would rather be at the front row of a postal service concert. I don't care what you thought of him as a president. Dude would be a trip to smoke with. And his taste in music is a solid fucking A+. Next to Obama, we have Meghan Markle, possible reptilian. I definitely have a ton of questions for her. Also, if anyone could use an afternoon off in sweatpants with a foggy brain, it would be Meghan Markle. Next to her is Louis Armstrong. I mean, Satchmo would outsmoke us all, okay? While I can do a pretty good Louis Armstrong impression, it absolutely fucking kills my throat. So sorry to disappoint you guys, but I think I'm going to save that for the Patreon that I probably will never do. After that, we have Richard Belzer, legendary New York comedian. He played Detective John Munch in everything from all the Law & Orders to Arrested Development to The X-Files. Total icon. We have... Billy Bob Thornton, if you were looking for the fucking psycho in the rotation, that dude will not disappoint. He'll be the one that suggests that everyone put their feet in the kiddie pool that you didn't realize had been there the whole time. And then the legendary Louis Vuitton, who will not be putting their feet in the kiddie pool. I hate to say it, but I think that rotation in particular might beat the house. Anyway, Brittany Griner got released as part of a one-for-one -one prisoner exchange deal, which is kind of terrifying because America released a Russian illegal arms dealer in exchange for a basketball player who was trying to calm her fucking anxiety. I'm glad she's out. I am glad she's home. That is truly the best of the week. For worst of the week, this one is kind of hard for me to explain. I'm going to talk about Kirstie Alley, who died of colon cancer this last week, but it isn't really her death that I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is us, okay? So you old school weird kids out there who have listened since the beginning know that rule one of this whole shit show podcast is that I'm doing it for me, first and foremost. I feel like I have something to say, and the purpose of all this Michigas is to figure out what that something is. Rule two is that I will always do my absolute best to open up and be honest with myself and with you, despite how much that can terrify me. Rule three is that I really want to shy away from anything directly political. You think the whole is Die Hard a Christmas movie question divides us. When it comes to politics, Americans can't fucking agree on anything. Also, for me personally, I'm not often a big fan of bringing up issues or problems that I don't have better ideas for. Don't get me wrong. Let's go have a cocktail or a coffee or something and we can go talk politics all you want. I'm down for it. But as part of something like this, I don't want you to have to listen to my dumb, very slightly educated ass talking about some sort of policy I barely understand while you just have to sit there and take it. For me, 
part of politics is discourse. And this isn't discourse. If I start talking politics, now I'm entering Rush Limbaugh territory, even though I have absolutely nothing in common with that hypocritical, pill-popping piece of shit. May he rest. The reason I bring this up is that Kirstie Alley was a little bit outspoken about a lot of things that I kind of disagree with. First, she was an avid Scientologist. I guess her midichlorians or whatever they fucking test for was high enough. She basically just cut them a six-figure check every year and they let her be a member. That's all it fucking takes for Scientology. Do not be fooled. She also was a pretty obnoxious Trump supporter and anti-vaxxer, bordering on denying COVID was even a problem at all, if I, if I remember correctly. She was pretty loud about that on the internets for a spell. And she got a load of shit for all of that. Some of what she said was definitely dangerous, to say the least, but she didn't wish any actual ill will on anyone. I disagreed with her. I think she was definitely misinformed, but none of that fucking means anything because she's dead now, right? Everybody who was angry at her, none of that fucking matters. She still died a shitty, painful death, and there are people who loved her that are never going to feel the same about Christmas again. It is embedded in our culture to believe that people are bad just because their opinions differ from our own. If you are putting good out there in the world, if you are being kind to everyone around you, if you are appropriately tipping servers, that's the shit that really matters. Making the world a better place on a daily basis isn't limited to a particular political or social view. Kirstie Alley, maybe she was a little nuts. Who isn't? Also, I fucking loved her in Drop Dead Gorgeous. And look who's talking. And cheers and Veronica's Closet. I don't always love how much we value our own views over everyone else's. You're not always right just because you're you. So the worst of the week isn't really that she died. It's how much we cared about the things that she said that we disagreed with before she died. I don't know. Sometimes I let my thoughts get away from me on this one, so don't mind me. Let's move on really quick to the Dildo Chronicles, which I am saving for the end of the episode this week, just to keep you guys on your toes. I've got one story for you, and this might be my favorite story so far. There was this couple who came in, and the girl was just fine. The guy was a total alpha male, piece of shit, fucking asshole dude right, who is getting super offended by the fact that his woman is even shopping for a sex toy. You know the kind of dudes I'm talking about, right? So I am talking to her about stuff, and this guy is not interested at all. He is walking around doing his own thing. He picks up one of the display dicks, like the display dongs off of the wall, and he's kind of futzing with it, and you can tell that just touching a fake dick makes him uncomfortable. That is how insecure his masculinity is, right? So we kind of see, we both look over uh, his, his lady, I think it was his wife, and I, we both kind of look over at him, and he sees that we're looking at him, and it startles him a little bit, and he drops the fake dick. When he drops the fake dick, it falls and there's a suction on the bottom of it and it suctions right onto the floor standing straight up. So this guy bends down 
and is trying to pick the dick up by the shaft. But the thing is, the suction on the bottom happens to be so goddamn good that no matter how much he tries to pick up the dick, he can't pick it up. So what it looks like is he it looks like he's just stroking this fucking dick over and over and over again trying to pick it up and it won't pick up. So he damn near got it to completion for, you know, he was doing that for like 20 fucking solid seconds and me and his wife were laughing our asses off there was something so beautiful about just seeing a dude that is obviously insecure touching a fucking big veiny dick and accidentally jerking it off that was so cathartic to me i really do kind of like this job and that's a wrap you guys on the first atomic skull podcast christmas episode and what a sleigh ride it was. I can't think of a better way to end my very first Christmas special than talking about some straight dude jerking off a fake penis. For the song of the week, I can't not do a Christmas song, you guys. Am I right? I have to do one. But if I'm going to do a Christmas song, I'm going to do something that is my style. And this one, you guys, is different. I know I always recommend listening to the song of the week. And I hope that you do. I hope that you are. But this one, go check it out because it will kick your fucking ass. It is a band called Small Town Titans. And they do a version of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, that is sick. The lead singer has the most perfect pipes for it, and it is easily, instantly, my favorite version of the song. It is up and running on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. Check that shit out. I mean, listen to the end of the episode, but then go check that shit out. You will not regret the time you spend listening to that fucking tune. If you guys didn't get a chance to see it on my Instagram, at Atomic Skull Podcast. Please follow if you haven't. I have a version of the Spotify wrapped for podcasters, and it gave me a bunch of really incredible stats for this shit show here. And the one that I am most proud of is that this podcast was in the top 10% of the most shared podcasts globally in the entire world. I have been doing this thing for four fucking months and to be in the top 10% of anything that doesn't have to do with food metaphors or stories about me shitting in public is so fucking incredible and amazing. And the most beautiful part of that whole thing is it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with you guys. It is you who are out there sharing it and doing the legwork. And for that, for you, I am endlessly and eternally fucking grateful. I am going to buy each and every one of y'all a new car. This is my Oprah moment. For realsies, though. Anytime I am sad or feeling down about myself, which, let's be honest, if you know me, you know it fucking happens often. I am going to pull up a screenshot of that Spotify stat, and it is going to make me smile at least a little bit. I can't thank you guys enough. And please, for the love of all that is fucking holy, please keep doing that. Listen, follow, share, five stars. 
Talk about it with friends. Talk about it with family. Talk about it with me. Answer the gold star questions. Keep being awesome. Next week, I am going to be doing a 2022 year in review, both personally and pop culturally, which is an adverb that I invented right now. I don't know if that has existed before. I think I just invented it. I hope you guys have a killer week. I hope you guys have killer cups of hot chocolate. I hope my mother-in-law accepts my sincerest apologies. And as always, of course, I will never forget to ask, how are you doing? <laughs>